Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. I almost said, I almost said the name of our own show. Of our really? Old, you, our old you name, which named almost, our old show. <laughs> I mean, almost, almost dropped it in there. Look, it's been, it's been a couple weeks since we've seen you all. And so it's been, you know, you get out of the rhythm. You have to get back into the rhythm, but I've jumped back in two feet off of it, off of, uh, off, off of the holiday, the Thanksgiving holiday. John, how you doing, my friend? I hope your holiday was good. I hope you had a, a good, good time. Hope you got to relax a little bit, though. I'm not sure with a with a young child if that's possible. I, you know, relaxing is a is a is a, it's a spectrum. I think when you have when you have a young kid, so I was relaxed. It was good. We got we had a we had good meals. I saw my family. It was good stuff. It was a uh, like everyone else or many other people. I have started a post Thanksgiving diet, and I immediately regret doing so. But this is what you do. You eat too much, and then you feel bad about it, and you punish yourself. How about you, Ted? What Same. Did you do for I, I I went and saw family. Um, went and saw friends over the weekend. I feel like it was a very. I was like bouncing around the entire state of Virginia. I went to uh, to Harrisonburg, uh, trying to avoid. I don't think I don't think Jamie football was playing, but I guess now they're bowl eligible, so no one's no one's mad anymore, right? That's how that works. I um, think they're and, all good now. Yeah, and then I uh, went to Richmond, so I I feel like I've I've hit like sort of a triangle between the state and, and my home here right now in Lynchburg, if, if you've been unaware of my move um, and noticing that I have a different background and everything, which will be eventually when I find time, I will make it look nice and pretty. I promise by the season opener, it'll look nice for all of you. So you so. are you are, are you in a new place in Lynchburg? Yeah, I've been there. I've been there for several, uh, several weeks, several, almost uh, several months now at this point. Jeez. No, no, I, but I know, but oh, there no, no, was so, the... Same place, same place. I haven't changed. Okay. I haven't changed. Got it. I just feel like some people, but some people just maybe still assume I live in in Rich in Richmond. There are some people out I there thought... that think that you're a Richmond Kickers fan, for example. They do. So. They, there's <laughs> quite a few of those. There's quite. A, I wonder how they got that impression. I can't imagine why that happened. <laughs> anyway, oh, our lovely uh, fans are the fans are the best. Yes, yes. We have some best. really it's amazing a... fans. We have we have some other people who um, we call them our fans, but we're we're being maybe a little sarcastic. Right. Anyway, they still listen. <laughs> A uh, couple things. One, I want to call attention first to this very, very cool T-shirt that I got from Bootleg MLS. There were there was a bit of a conversation going on about not wanting to pay big bad fanatics because they suck, which I <laughs> agree with because they're horrible. Uh, but you could I, I I don't know how long this will last. Basically, is what I'm telling you. This this guy, this account, Bootleg MLS on Twitter, is like sell, selling all these shirts. He is misspelling some names. I it's wonderful. This is a, like a this is like a real shirts out of the back of a truck situation, but for MLS and NWSL. Go check it out. Buy it before it gets shut down because it won't be long. Uh, there is a Santino Cronta shirt that I requested. I don't love the pictures he chose, so I'm not going to buy it. But I recommend you guys should make it happen. Do it. Yeah, I, that's I, that's the that's I. And if you go buy, tell them I sent you, and some maybe we'll get a coupon code, and maybe I'll get to maybe we'll get to choose the <laughs> next DC United iteration. And the other thing I want to do. Let's tell you thanks to those of you who are on uh, on the old threads. We're growing. I think I have about doubled our follower total on threads to like 200 now. So woo, we're only uh, one tenth of our amount on on Twitter. So we're it's a, it's a slow crawl. So if you're on that if you're on that platform, follow us there. Uh, make sure you're following us on Goals.tv. Check that out. That's a new platform that we're happy to be a part of. Uh, and we've started to post all of our video clips and the entire shows on also on YouTube. So if you're not a Twitch person, if you are if you're like a old, old, old millennial, you're like, I don't understand this Twitch business. YouTube, you understand that. 
Go check it out there. And then, of course, everywhere you can download audio, we're there. And then finally, this is my last plug. Well, not my last plug. My last plug this week uh, for you to join the Patreon. If you would join the Patreon at the $5 level, you would have got an episode on Friday that Ted talked about all the great things that went on over the course of the week before we had a show. So uh, we, Ted and I alternate. If we have more exclusive content, it will go there only to Patreon. So there you go. It's a small but mighty crew, and they're very loyal, and they've been there for a long time. So if you're listening, and I know you guys are, thank you. And if you want to join that group, patreon.com slash RFA Refugees. Yes, and, and the exclusive content, uh, that we, nothing nothing we can announce presently, but we're, we're working uh, on a certain – on a, trying to get a certain figure on the show. So if you want to that hear will first, time-gated, That will be a time-gated – they'll be here at first. <laughs> so be 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 aware uh, and uh, join the Patreon because you get to support our show. And we really do thank everybody who comes in and supports the show, helps helps us on – helps us out and helps grow the show and pay for a lot of the stuff that's helped made the show great. Um John, let's jump did, right into it. And, yeah, uh, did you watch any soccer this weekend? Uh, other than obviously MLS playoffs, uh, well, which we'll talk about. Did you watch any uh, across the pond soccer? By any a, l- a little bit. I did. I checked out, of course, Liverpool. I'm, I'm, if you don't know, I'm Amy, a Liverpool fan, so I watched Liverpool Man City one uh, one draw there. So decent, decent result. Uh, Brentford could not hold it against Arsenal, unfortunately. Um, I've been watching some of the. It looks like you know uh, Everton's about ready to to make, make the drop after a ten point. They deduction. are <laughs> really mad. Um, to be fair, I I, I do the I, I'm not we're not getting the particulars because as I said on Threads, this is not a premier Premier League show, but it is wild that they are the, they are the team that gets punished for spending over their means. Uh, I think they just didn't. They, I think it's like when. Uh, a rich but not very rich person gets audited because they didn't have enough money to hire the good accountant. Like I think, I think that's what this is likely is. So unfortunate for them and for their fans. Maybe they'll still make it out. I think probably not. I think that'll. I think that'll probably tank them. But did you see the uh, Garnacho goal, the Man United yeah. bike? That was pretty silly. And then I was laughing, thinking I was on looking at Twitter today, and it was saying that Benteke must have feel like the forgotten man because he scored basically an identical. Uh, bike against Man U at Old Trafford from the same spot. It went to the same part of the net. Uh, so yeah, don't forget, don't forget the Crystal Palace legend slash he played Liverpool. Where else did he play? Liverpool. Just those two. In, anyone? He's played a little bit in Belgium too. I think Aston Villa. Uh, I'm trying to remember where. I have to go back and look at his look at his stats. I know I he think played, Aston Villa was the last place. He's he's played in Belgium. I know that much. Um, so uh, Crystal Palace was where he came from. He was at Crystal Palace. Then he came here. So, um, but yeah, no, fantastic goal from him. Probably going to win goal of the year at this point. Um, and I think the comparisons were to Wayne Rooney as well for his uh, his bicycle kick. His shin goal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some uh, some so we got club soccer's back. Thank goodness. Uh, last week was international soccer. Um, I, I'm not, we're not going to talk about the U.S. men's national team. There are plenty of other podcasts that do it better. Some of them do it worse. Um, all I will say <laughs> is. Everybody, again, what I say with the U.S. men's national team is please just take a breath and relax. Relax, Never. breathe in. Kevin Prates, though, uh, got 90, got a start, didn't look so hot. Um, I, what do you like? So I, I said online, I was like, I said online about this. And so I said we weren't going to talk about national. Yeah. Team, and here DC, we go. Here but it's we DC, go. but it's DC focused. What sure. I can you help me understand? Do you have any understanding as to why? Like when, when, when Kevin was here, he played wing back and he was mm-hmm. excellent. When he played winger, he was never really that effective. I am like struggling to understand why he got to Europe by playing the right wing back position 
and and the skills he showed there to track back and defend. And I saw a little bit actually in the in the first Trinidad game. I think there was he lost possession, tracked back, won the ball, got the team back under back on the pressure. What it was going on and why is it that I think personally he if he plays at wing back, he will be his potential is to be elite. If he plays at winger, I think he's just gonna get kind of lost like in the shuffle. I'm I'm not understanding. What's going on there? Do you have any? <laughs> do you I know anything? I, but <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I think. It, I think it could just. I think it could just be maybe in, maybe in training. Maybe he. Then maybe that's what he's saying, and that's what his coaches want him to do. I don't know. To your point, uh, there, there's a, your competence and what you want to do, and taking on players from the wing may not be it for him. And somebody was saying like, uh, Kevin Paredes could not dribble past players who are at USL Championship level. Uh, or playing in the domestic Trinidad and Tobago league. Uh, so that's not good. That's not really what you want to see. Yeah, um, no, because that's not, because that he, that's never been his skill set. He's never been a guy who can, he can take guys on the dribble when running at full speed. And he beats players with pace and speed and just, you know, and, and you get that more from wing back because you are not forced into sort of tight, slow situations. You're kind of maybe running, you're pushing up on sort of like an off, uh, you know, where you've got like attackers on a counterattack that are moving quickly and you're running and you're trying to join that attack. Uh, and I think that's where you've seen him be the most effective. It's it's what made him, it's what got him to Wolfsburg. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really not understanding the, the, the thought process by certain coaches in where he's, uh, in where he's currently playing right now. So anyway, who knows that that's enough. That's enough. Uh, that's enough. U.S. men's talk. We, we we've met our quota for the year. I think on that. Yep. Um, let's talk about the big news. I think all the DC fans want to want to hear about. Uh, we finally, 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 finally have announced a new GM. Ali. Ma, I think it's Makai. I believe is what it is. Right. Am I right about that? We've not heard it said anywhere. Yet. We're <laughs> I, I tried. I'm pretty sure it's Ali Mackay. I'm a, I'm I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go I with- already made a minor threat Ian McKay joke, uh, which no one got. I think two people got on uh on Discord, but that's okay. I think I'm yeah. gonna make it a lot. There'll uh, be a lot of there'll be a lot of Fugazi jokes. I'm sure, I'm sure. We'll we'll get it right sometime by the time the season starts. We'll guarantee that. Maybe if we talk to him, we might get it right. Who knows? You have a three year deal in the notes. I thought I saw it was a four year deal. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But otherwise multiple it's- it's either a three or four year deal. Yeah. Uh, multiple, those, I think it might be four. You might be right. Yeah. So he spends, he has spent five years uh, as an assistant GM in Nashville. Uh, and he is also, uh, Nashville's made the playoffs every year. What are our, so, okay, let's, let's bury, we had essentially three candidates that we were, that we were looking at. We were looking at, um, looking at Tall. We were looking at Mar- Maria. Uh, Tall from um, Columbus and Maria from, uh, from Orlando, and then obviously Ali, who we've hired, and an unnamed international candidate. Unnamed international candidate, but I think that was just let's let's keep let's get the let's let's look. Travel at the... Morrison was the player, the guy that we were talking to, because we're already under contract. Like, might as well make him work. Yeah, let's like I think that was more just like hey, let's see let's see what's what else might be out there. Let's not limit ourselves just to MLS. Um, obviously, the hire. I think we were all kind of wondering what was taking so long. Tom Bogart posting about. What was taking so long? We we had all thought that Ali was out of the running when Nashville lost, and we thought, well, we had, there hasn't been an announcement yet, so it must not be him. This maybe I think of of the three choices, I think this maybe was maybe not the number one choice. I think we had heard a lot of good things about Tall. I think we had heard a lot of good things about all three of these guys. Uh, that we were that, going after Marrera really hard, yeah. in Orlando, and asked numerous times and got rebuffed numerous times. I think he was the number one candidate. I think he was who they, who they wanted the most. 
Yeah, I think it was. And I think it's 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 clear how much they chased him and how they were rebuffed. And then they said, well, we'll speak to him again. They were very clearly looking at him. I think Tall, Tall had heard a lot of good things from, I think, Tom Bogart, especially, and his sources that said he was an ex- exceptionally brilliant person. We'll never know what the, the reason was for there. This does, we talk about this team and, you know, what they spend money on and everything like that. You're getting a a 37-year-old, youngest GM, I believe. I know he's one of the youngest, if not the youngest GM. I'm not sure an MLS, youngest GM in MLS history, but certainly up there uh, as far as age. Makes me feel um, weird that somebody who is literally five years older, who I could have, like, been in high school with. Uh, yeah, that's weirder than the guy being younger than you. Dude. That's way. That's <laughs> fair, a way weirder of the version. Fair point. Of fair point. So we're all feeling. Well, feeling a little. Odd Everyone's weird. Yeah, but uh, young guy, I I can't imagine, and and that's what makes me lead to believe. And this is nothing to say that I don't think he'll be successful, or that I don't think he can be successful. This leads me to believe that the team still maybe weren't willing, maybe to break the bank for other guys who maybe had a little more experience who had a little more, um, had maybe a little more uh, chasing them. Mar- Maria, I believe, has been uh, targeted. I believe he came up in the uh, search for, I think, uh, New England. They When they were looking for a GM before, I think they're going to settle. Uh, they're going to settle for uh, Kurt Anolfo, um, is what I believe the reports have said. So That is, definition of settling, I think, is a good, he he's good at LA Galaxy 2. He was good at building a USL version of, uh, of a team. But, <laughs> I don't want New England to be good, so that's fine. I'm glad that's the case. He was also a former agent, which I think is going to be beneficial. Mm -hmm. We talked a couple episodes ago about uh, something Pablo said about what DC is known for. It's underpaying their front office, overvaluing their own players, and overpaying for other teams' players. So having an agent, although it's a while ago, right? He's been out of the game for five years, but he's been in the front office dealing with agents. uh, So hopefully that he can have a little bit, you know, maybe that that point of view will be helpful. Dave Casper has not been an agent ever. Uh, so being on the other side of the table for a little while might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say, I think a lot of conjecture, there's been a lot of like comparisons about, you know, how Nashville looks and what they've done and like trying to like apply that to Ali. I, I will say, I think that's a little, I think that's a little unfair. Um, it, what, what we do know about him is that he was apparently instrumental in, in bringing in two players, one of which is Hani Mukhtar, who has been a runaway success at Nashville, one of the better, one of the best number tens that come has come into the league. Uh, there has been one of their only, only real big international signings that has done well. And Walker Zimmerman, they also brought in, who's been successful again, MLS player, uh, longstanding MLS player, longstanding MLS player right there. So I, I think based on that, you know, those are the kind of the, the resume ticks as far as that goes. We don't know how he's going to handle. I mean, Nashville, I don't believe really had that much of an academy. They were pretty active in in going in the draft and and grabbing outside players. Again, they also didn't have a whole lot of time. It takes time to build up that infrastructure. Coming here, he's going to have that infrastructure. He's going to have that youth academy, that that youth director, that coach, and already a huge sloth of, of young players uh, that with a lot of potential and a lot of talent. So that's going to be a difference he's going to be walking into. Um, we had a we had a question from uh, a a listener from uh, uh, Brandon Cartwright says, uh, "Is there anyone from Nashville's roster that Ali McKay might be looking to bring to DC?" Alex uh, Muiel uh, keeps coming to mind. Uh, I think he should bring uh, a guy named Hanny Mukhtar. I think that would be a good, good <laughs> that would be a player I'd recommend. 
Uh, I was looking at the roster quickly. Uh, former DC United legend Dax McCarty also on the roster, and also Joe Willis. So opportunities for uh, for for come home for both of those players. I, I'd be curious to know what the contract if if we know the contract situation of some of those guys. I I would love to have Joe Willis back here and go. I think he'd be fantastic. Uh, Dax McCarty uh, to a little Goodbye, bit on, no, yeah, it, on the older side. I think Alex Mule would kind of would kind of fall under there as well. I, you know, I think. Uh, we talk about this team having one designated player spot open. Uh, so that's something he's going to get right away or potentially two designated player spots open. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. I think there's a lot of directions he could take this team. Um, I think he could say, you know, I I think we will know, yes, he's under a three to four year contract. How safe is that job? Is he going to get that full time to, you know, to build what he wants uh, and I think maybe I think maybe we'll see that with what does the roster look like heading into this year? Is it going to be a complete tear down, tear down and rebuild, or is he going to say, "Look, we've got one more year of Benteke, one more year of Click. Let's you know, let me finish the build while also maybe trying to see if we can set some things up for next year. You know, go out and get some big time players. Uh, and you know, also I think wonder how that's going to be changed. Uh, the rumors circulating that you know the MLS Board of Governors are voting on a potentially a fourth designated player, as well as I've heard an increase to the salary cap, which you know is significant. And I think you have to increase that salary cap if you're going to add a fourth DP because you've got to figure out five hundred thousand dollars extra of, of roster space. So you have to at least increase it by that. Um, so. There's going to be a lot of room for him to to maneuver the roster. You know, we're still waiting to see if uh, if uh, uh, Pereira, yeah, why did I know that? Um, if he's going to be signed or he's going to return to the team. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch uh, what sort of develops over the next few weeks. And also, who's he going to hire as a coach? Um, you know, is he going to bring in a Hugo Perez? Is he going to bring in? There's a lot of coaches that are that are out there. Uh, I guess go ahead. Give me your who, who do your give me your dream scenario. Who who do you want him to hire as coach? Uh, I, want other Oscar than, uh, I was going to darn. I was going to drop in other than other than Oscar Pereira because we'd no, always love Oscar. <laughs> that's that's the one I want. He's out of contract not, with he's out of contract with Orlando right now. So yep, Bruce Arena obviously is now shopping his wares down to Charlotte. So I think that 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 circus has left town as far as a potential option. I don't think that's really on anymore. If it ever was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Pereja is the only name that really excites me of, of, of available names. I think, um, has Savarese been, has he found a, has he found a club yet after Portland? I don't, I don't believe so. He'd be a I name. Think he was definitely being, he was being talked about from other clubs as being a, maybe, I mean, he's kind of a retread from a MLS perspective. Um, uh, Adrian Heath is he? He doesn't have a job yet, does he? Yeah, I do not want to. I do not want. To I don't necessarily want to. I'm just saying, looking at who's around, there aren't a lot of. There aren't a lot of you know exciting names. Uh, Ezra Hendrickson, not really exciting based on his performance. Granted, he was with Chicago, but I, he's not much better. So I really <laughs> so want like an underrated name that I think that if we're talking about maybe a realistic name that would actually get me excited. Or, and I don't want to say realistic. I think there's a chance I could go get Oscar Perea. I think Oscar Perea would want to fetch a pretty penny. So if you're looking Good at re, looking at realistic options, I think Robin Frazier would be one that I think would excite me. Uh, a coach that has shown he can be success, have success with rosters that, you know, are maybe not up to par Maybe this is an opportunity for him. He's going to get a, a GM that's going to have, you know, says and decisions into the roster. He's got a great 
you know, youth academy that he can sort of pull from. That and he has a top had. ten salary, uh, top ten spending team in the <laughs> league. So top five since top third, and, and he'd be a guy. I think he would. He's a guy when he was let go. There were a lot of teams out there that were like, "We'll take him, absolutely." Um, I think he's he he is a coach that I think has has grown a lot of respect, but just has not gotten gotten the opportunities uh, like, you know, a Phil Neville who just kind of fell up right into Portland. So would you rather want to have Phil Neville or Adrian Heath? Adrian Heath, probably. That's the correct I, answer. I, I was I just making sure how much your Heath hate had poisoned your brain and not enough. Apparently. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, no, I, yeah, but who knows? A, right. a lot of, a lot of bad coaches off the table. Thankfully, Colorado going out and getting Chris Armis. So he's off the table. Thank you. So there's, there's so, so I look forward coaches. to, I look forward to uh, relieving Colorado of its coach sometime during the season. If we play them. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Let's talk. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Any other sort of, no, let's get to the else? teams that are actually good and still playing. Yeah, I think that's exciting. The teams that are actually good and still playing. We had MLS playoffs that finally returned this week, the semifinals. We we saw the return of the one match, the one match knockout rounds. I will say the matches themselves way more cagier than what we saw out of the three matches. Like it's what you it's what you you got what you wanted, folks. This is what happens in one offs. This is think about all the cup finals you've seen that have sucked. Like you're going to get you're going to get intense emotion. You're going to get very, very, you know, tight refereeing decisions, tight everything uh, and people being mad. That's what's going to happen in these games. And then you got them. And I would say that all of the games were uh, like B minus for game quality and like, you know, A for tension. For mm-hmm. all so it depends on what you want. That's what we got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's- I have written down. I like the, the, the way we should look at this as DC United fans, because our influence grows everywhere, is you have Ben Olsen in Houston in the semifinal against LAFC. We don't care about LAFC. That's a non a non-factor from a DC United perspective. We don't care. Uh, the only, I think, D.C. United connection that ever existed uh, was Dejan Yakovic played for their inaugural team. Other than that, no factor. Uh, against MVP Lucho Acosta. Andy Nahar Erasure, my friend, by the way. Andy did, Nahar, he play, yeah. did he play, though? I think it, I, he was on the roster. I think, oh, he just, I think he just practiced, and I'm not going to count that. Okay. Interrupting my Cincinnati love, MVP Lucho, Junior Moreno, onto the semis against Columbus and Julian, Gressel, who apparently is in the doghouse and did not He's, feature, got a, lot, a little five minutes at the end of the game. I mean, it's a case of him is that I think there's just they they have a right back that has emerged, and I, I don't know his name, but he's been very very good. Um, you know, Defen- I, defensive probably maybe a little bit better defensively as well. Maybe in maybe. a one off game. Maybe I I think that's a guy. You know, if you're DC, maybe you just kind of re- you Ali, maybe you reach out and say. You know, new you boss. Wanna, different. Wanna, <laughs> di- oh, di- we have a change. Everyone here, everyone change, that you hate is gone. Changing it. I would love to have Julian Julian Gressel back on this team. Um, let's talk about the let's talk about the games. Um, let's uh, talk. Uh, so uh, Houston, uh, Houston, of course, one nothing winners over over Sporting Kansas City. Controversy on the line. Uh, parent handball call that wasn't called. I have I have made my statement. I have made my statement that says that I think that that was the correct call. 
I, I don't know if it was the correct call. I don't think that was a call that VAR should be overturning with kind of how close it was. Uh, Christina Uncle has disagreed, and she was on Morning Footy the other day saying, nope, that should have been reviewed back for PK. And she is a uh, much, much better referee than I am, so maybe she's right. But controversial moment there. Um, and then uh, you also had, of course, uh, the Columbus game, like we said, uh, Columbus very much, uh, I think, kind of dominating that game. Orlando sort of unable to find, unable to find the back of the net. And then we have a, a goal. Orlando's pushing up. Uh, Galeses is like trying to play the ball and then falls to Cucho, who hits the ball from half field in the back of the net. Two nothing game over. All the games were either one nothing or there was the two not the one little two nothing game. So, like I said, not a lot of goals scored. Uh, then there was, of course, the other sort of controversially ref game, which was, of course, Philly versus Cincy. Uh, appeared to be offside based on the camera angle. Remember, folks, camera angles lie. Uh, camera angles struggle with a thing called the third dimension and actually being in line. So I think there's been enough analysis of that to say, yes, he might have been offside. My argument again, my argument with that offside call is, isn't this kind of, this is like what we want. This is like what we want out of VAR, right? We, we complain so much, so much about the Premier League and like the slight toe that's like offside or, or everything else. This is, yep. in my opinion, what VAR should be. VAR yep. should be a video assistant referee, not a video referee. So I really don't know what like what people like people being upset about. It's like you guys are just never going to be happy. It's never going to happen. You guys are never going to be satisfied with anything. I think it's the same thing with the with the KC goal too. It's like they're watching this like slow motion replay of the ball like hit close to his hand, his chest, his arm moves, and I'm just like, you guys have. Been, I have been seeing people complain for months about red card situations where they talk about this game is not supposed to be played in slow motion. I'm like, well, here's you here you're using a slow motion play to get a call that you think is right. I mean, it's like you cannot have your cake and eat it too, soccer fan base. So anyway, and then there was head uncle in the in the L.A. Seattle game. I don't think he was great. I don't think he cost Seattle the game. I think Seattle did that themselves. Uh, when you dominate play the way they did against LAFC and you're only able to generate like one point two four XG, there's a problem that you're just hitting hopeful balls or hopeful shots from way far out. They were unable to get any sort of penetration inside the box. So. Yeah, that's my quick 90 second review. I don't know, John, you got any thoughts on the playoffs or I'm 90 second, maybe, maybe but no, I, I give Ted all of I give Ted all of my time for refereeing and uh decisions. I uh I don't have a lot of opinions. Uh yeah. So let's get on to I basically I broke down sort of the the components of the playoffs that exist and how they have done this year that are that are relevant to DC United fans. I think we have if you've been on social media the last couple of days, I think everyone is you know, we talked about this last year and over the course of this year, like there has been a dramatic reappraisal of some of these players that have gotten the, the stink of DC United off of them by going somewhere else and doing well. And people are feeling differently about them, which I think is great. Uh, Lucho, as I mentioned today, won the MVP, uh, crushed the, the media vote, I think 75%. Uh, player vote was like 55%. Just to wrap up on his numbers for the year, I mean, MVP ass numbers, 17 goals, 12 assists. 32 starts, uh, one goal and two more assists in cup play. Not that this matters, but his average score on foot mob was 7.85. Uh, and I said, Denny Buanga scored 20 goals and, and didn't come close, didn't come close to touching it. Uh, so well-deserved a player that, you know, if you were to say, could you fit a Lucho Acosta back into your team at DC United and he could be useful? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think absolutely. you should. I think you should. I think you sure could. And he'd be the first name in the team sheet. Uh, you certainly could to a lesser extent, but also kind of surprising junior Moreno four goals this year. If you remember junior Moreno, not a threat to score for DC United, often a threat to hit the ball 50 rows up behind the goal. That's more what he was going to do. Uh, two assists. Again, it's kind of surprising in 29 matches, average foot mob of 7.16. Uh, could you see him valuable next to a Russell Canals? Or, you know, I think you certainly could. I think you certainly could see that. Uh, and then lastly, Julian Gressel, I think, had the least productive of the of the former DC United player. Uh, to not say that he was bad. There is going to be, there's a particular person that hates Julian Gressel in the DC United fan environment. Uh, he had four goals, two assists in 29 matches. Seven point, or I'm sorry. Uh, four goals, six assists in 29 matches. 7.4 average. And then last started in November 7th. Um I still think, to your point, if you could get him in free agency for a reasonable number, reasonable number being the challenge here, I think. Uh, I don't know necessarily know that his performance in the last two years warrants DP. I think probably a TAM deal again mm-hmm. probably makes sense to me. But these are all players that DC United did either did not want or let go. Ben Olsen, obviously, that's a that's a name that doesn't have a, a, a stats next to him. But Houston has com- become a completely different team. Uh, when he took the team over, by the way, read your Stephen Goff uh, piece on him this week. Great piece. And uh, talked to to, <clears throat> to Ben at length, uh, but basically said that this was a blank slate. There was so much roster turnover that he and Pat Onstat got to build a roster from scratch. And in one season, similar to uh, the way Washington Spirit had been described as a, as a work in progress and we're not there yet. Ben Olsen had been saying that about this team all year long. And they find themselves in the semi. They find themselves open cup champions. It's kind of a kind of a wild story. They have a chance, like a chance at a cup double. They're going to be in Champions League next year. Like, talk about like just the the over over overproducing expectations, like over overachieving. I mean, this team was not expected to be here. Uh, he- heading no into- one talks about Houston Dynamo in the off season at the at, at the preseason, uh, like rankings and 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 guesses on how the season would go. No one was talking about Houston, and everyone was mad that Ben Olsen got hired. Like all the Houston fans, were like trash. What is happening? And it, it really to, to me it shows it really shows when I talk about players. You know, I talk about certain players that have been bad. We, we talk about these players, some of these players who maybe we had criticisms of, and, and certainly coaches. You get people in the right environment and in good environments, and and they can outperform uh, with what you expect. There have been plenty of players that get in good environments, go to bad environments, and then they go back to a good environment. They become great, and people are like, "What happened? Where did this play?" He's like, "Well, it's already it's always been there. It's just been he's been in bad environments, and we've seen time and time." And this is really what I think Ali needs to solve this year is to get somewhere where we can where we can create a good environment that we can start seeing players that we know are good and we know can perform well. Absolutely. I so. think that's a, I think that's a good way to look at it. Uh, a couple of news and notes on decent, currently contracted DC United players. Uh, Jose Fajardo is apparently a, one of the, he's like a, uh, he's an Edison Flores and that he rules playing for his national team. And then he turns into a scarecrow when he plays for DC United, uh, has scored two goals for Panama in two games against Costa Rica each game playing just the first 45 minutes and getting subbed at halftime, which is a peculiar setup for your goal score, but maybe he's on minutes restriction or something. Who knows? Uh, more interestingly, Andy Nahar, who again, currently contracted with DC United, uh, played 90 minutes in the first in a two nothing win over Mexico, which was a bit of a shock result. And then he played 120 minutes and missed the final penalty in the two nothing loss to, to 
Mexico that put Mexico through what tournament does that put them through? Uh, that puts them through to the Copa America. So that's a, it was the nation's which league. is a good tournament you'd want to be in. That would be, that yeah. would have been, no, I'm thinking of uh, anyway. Um, so I, I wanted to spotlight. I got some quotes. I was digging around in Spanish language media uh, about our, some of our players. Yeah. So this is the quote from Andy Nahar. Nahar also mentioned the team's upcoming plans for the Copa America and his personal plans for well-deserved vacations. Despite rumors about a potential move to Olympia, Nahar maintained that his current priority is preparing for the team's future matches and taking a break off at the end of the year. That says your agent talked to you and said, stop telling people in interviews that you are going to leave DC United. You don't get to control that. They have an option. Stop doing that. Yeah. I think that's what that, I think that's what that was. Good. And I and I think it's also him being like, look, man, I mean, you you might we might be able to get you a good contract elsewhere. We might not be able to. I'm not sure sure we're not going to to get that for you. This might be the option deal for DC might be a good option, and you're not helping yourself by by saying like by saying what you're saying right now. So uh, by the way, I feel so bad for for Andy because he uh he missed the penalty. Um, a wild penalty shootout in the game against Mexico where they 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 have not qualified for the Copa America. They will get an opportunity to they go to the uh, to a play in game play in series to get into the Copa America. Is it against Canada? Uh, it's either to go back and look. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I think Canada has. I feel like Canada has. They uh, have a shot. I know that when Jamaica took the spot, they're going to play the U.S. next. But I, I know that anyway. Yeah. Um, the other thing about what was I going to say? Andy Nahar also sent that interview. Uh, my injuries are a thing of the past. That's I'm behind that. I'm over that now. Uh, see, I just did 120 minutes and I feel great. I was like, okay. Well, I hope so, Andy. Yeah. For all of our sakes, I hope I hope that's the case. Uh, and then this one's kind of a funny little one. Uh, Martin Rodriguez, uh, you maybe hardly knew him. Uh, did not play at all this year <laughs> due to an ACL tear. Uh, was talking to all these guys go home to their home countries and they're like, I am I'm about to start some stuff and no one's gonna know about it in Washington because no one's gonna read this. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Uh, it says, I have a one-year contract. In football, many things happen, but I am open. Obviously, my heart is there. Colo, colo, always. Uh, but he, the funny thing is he was there in a seven-on-seven tournament, <laughs> like, a, like a street ball tournament. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I think, honestly, the headline was a lot more like, he's coming back. He hates DC. Uh, the actual quote was, was pretty benign there. So I, I think, I hope he has a great year, and I hope they want him back. I hope he, I hope he has a bounce back, and that's what happens. He, uh, he would be a guy. He would be a guy. If he's back, I'm thinking, okay, they think there's some there's some juice in this roster, and you know maybe they want to take a year to evaluate certain players that maybe they don't think have gotten a fair shot under a new coach, and then you know they'll see we'll see what the next year brings us and how the team does. If he's gone, that means I'm trending towards the idea that this is like a complete a complete retool and rebuild. I could see them. I'm okay with that. To be honest with you, as we've said before, that'd be yeah. fine with me. Yeah, I, 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 I will. I love Martin. I'm sure he will be successful. You know, if he goes back to to Chile, I think he better team, not get injured in this goofy seven on seven tournament. <laughs> if he does, that's it. I think the team is going to be like, uh, we're gonna we're gonna mutually uh, mutually agree to terminate this contract, and you can go elsewhere, or we'll we're gonna buy you out. Whatever it is, we're not going to register you. You're not going to count. You're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna. They've got a lot of. They've got a, in you. the drafts. <laughs> in the drafts, they've got a lot of mutually agreed to terminate contract. Uh, they're ready. To, they're ready to copy paste that from previous usages if, if need be. We'll see. That's uh, coming up December second. I have said it was the twenty second. I was wrong. Tw- the twenty second was contract offer. So we assume they have offered a contract to Donovan Pines. 
Oh man, our countdown was in it was inaccurate. It was whole time. We, I think, but I think that's how we got the the GM announcement. Yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> saying it's because of us. No one else was putting the pressure on the team. Yeah, I think just, it was, we were putting the screws to him. December second. So I think I'm coming. I believe it in him. Let me make let me make sure I get this right before <laughs> I before I say it wrong. <laughs> another set time. of another countdown that's incorrect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, you're look. Well, you look at that. Go uh, ahead. You can continue. Yeah. Well, you look at that. Just a quick note. Griffin Yao scores for Westerlo in Belgium. It was an equalizer in extra time, which you would have thought would have got him a draw, but they gave up another goal. Uh, great goal if you have a chance to see it. I know we, t- we posted it on Twitter and probably on Threads, maybe not. Uh, but it was a, it was you know not a cheapy, not a tip in. Uh, ran down the right side and uh, and blasted it far post on the run. So good for him. Yeah. By the way, uh, December first is the so this Friday official. That'll be the contract. That that'll be that'll be a moment to watch where we're going to find out on a lot of these guys. We're assuming there's a, a contract. Uh, there's a contract extension offer coming for like Teku to Pietro. We hope we see that. Um, that would be very strange if there wasn't. <laughs> That, yeah, that, me, that would let, make let things go sour. <laughs> that would make things go sour very quickly if that happened. Uh, and we'll find out about Andy Nahar and maybe some of these other players. I don't know if we'll find out. I mean, he still has one more year. There's no option on the another year on on Martin Rodriguez's contract. But um, I, I think if yeah. he, I think if he has an offer from Colo Colo and it's on the table, but it's inducive on him not being in contract at DC, I'm pretty sure DC will be like, "That's fine. You can you can go." We'll. Well, they paid a million dollars for him, didn't they? I think so. So <laughs> our team, our team, not unless your name is Wayne Rooney, we tend to honor our contracts on our side. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. We'll see. We, uh, we, we've got a, uh, we've got one question here from Todd Dodge and it's on from Facebook. That's a place that you can do that. We, uh, we do post on Facebook. Uh, your mom can, your mom can ask us questions. Whoever is on Facebook. I'm on it more now, but anyway, uh, said, would Ben Olsen ever come back to coach DC United? And would we want it? I thought about this a little bit. I've been thinking about this lately. Uh, would he ever come back? I think yeah. he would. I think he certainly would. And, and I think he goes and coaches a decade uh, at Houston and maybe somewhere else and then wants to like, you know, he's still young. He's like a little bit older than I am. Like he's got plenty of time to coach if he wants to keep coaching. And the bug has clearly bit him again. Mm-hmm. He's having fun. Uh, would we want it? I think we would be stupid not to. Mm-hmm. I think he's a Bruce Arena coming back without the baggage of what Bruce Arena coming back means. Um, so if this club is in a, I, I would like him to come back to a completely different club, basically than the one he left uh, a club with a, a defined culture with all the things that we don't like about it fixed that he can just come in and be him. And, and, you know, in the, again, read that Steve Goff interview in the Washington post. He was talking about like, I was unprepared tactically. I did not have, I did not have it and I could not get it necessarily while I was coaching and I never really felt caught up basically is what he said. And now I had the time off and I feel like I'm, I'm there. I'm that, I'm that guy now. So yeah, I think we'd want it back. I please. Yeah. And I <laughs> would sign me up. He's talked about in the article, how much he loved DC, how much he loved living in DC. And, you know, I think he, he's happy in Houston right now. I think he's certainly enjoying it right now, but I, I think if, if things, if he does, if things were to go South in Houston or, you know, things were not to, were not to go as well, or he were to decide he wants to leave and he's a free agent and, you know, DC has, has an opening at coach. I think you would be stupid not to try to reach out and try to bring him back. So he made a comment that I thought was interesting. He said that it's nice to have people look at you without 20 years of your record on your back, which I think is true, but he'll also notice that if things to your point 
turn bad in Houston, you don't have those 20 years on your back. You are easily fired. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas in DC, you had, a, you had that equity uh, built up and made it a lot harder and, to get rid of you. And you, you know, you gotta, you gotta almost think about, you know, I wonder if this is thought like he's almost, he's blown away expectations. If this doesn't end in a MLS cup championship and they fall short, then the pre- the pressure is on now. There, there was no pressure, no pressure at all for this team. In in twenty in uh in twenty twenty three, no one had any expectations, and and that's going to change if if things start to if things go south next season or you know after after this year, uh, because there there is clearly a lot of expectations on him. And last bit of quasi news twenty twenty three MLS tops set is out this week, so go get that uh, if you're if you're the five people that collect soccer cards. I know there's at least one or a couple listeners of ours. Uh, Last season there was there was a there's a set called Finest. There was only one DC United player in it, and it was Kevin Paredes. This year, uh, I saw so the checklist says basically it's Akambone, uh, Ted Cudibiatro, a couple cards of him, uh, Benteke, no click, uh, and then I think Christian Fletcher, and mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, maybe a burn bomb too. I'm not I'm not really sure. But they because there's so many. Bl- teams and players they can't conceivably do a set that has everybody whereas they used to be able to do that like a long time ago when there was a lot less teams they could do that now it's like we're not gonna have a 1200 card set that's not happening uh so get your dc night cards if you want them matthias click by the way starring in a thanksgiving uh dc video i think he's a guy who i i I think maybe i had some questions as to whether he'd be back next year i think he'll be back next year based on the based on some of that so sounds like he likes living in dc which is good um, uh, not this, not necessarily the case for all of our pri- prior uh, DC United designated players. <laughs> Certainly the case. A uh, little bit of we don't have much Washington Spirit news. Uh, we'll lead off with one where <laughs> I was talking to Ted before the show started, just trying to find some Spirit news, and this thing was everywhere that we were looking. I think just because of who we follow, but uh, there are unconfirmed reports that the Spirit let go a, a number of sort of community relations staff, the staff that dealt with. Uh, supporters groups uh, dealt with sort of like face, like, you know, supporter facing players, uh, let them go over the holidays. I don't, we don't have anything. We don't have any confirmation of that. We don't know anything, anything, but uh, not really what you'd like to see. There have been a number of firings over the last few years under Michelle Kang uh, that made some people scratch their heads. This is not a team that doesn't have money. Uh, If you look at their, hiring right now they're hiring like a million data analysts and every other position you could think of in the world uh, but I, there's a there seems to be a very short leash on you know i know last year the pa announcer got let go mm-hmm. uh there's a short st- the ticket office i think there's an expectation that this team should be in a different place than it is from a sales perspective uh just because i don't know because they've got stars on the roster uh but i think it's you know it, they're they're building up more than maybe they think they are. They're they're coming from a lower point than they think they are, even though they won, even though they got these names. It's a tough market. Um, but yeah, that's that's going on. Yeah, I think we don't have much to say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's concerning. I think there's been a lot of things. This team, we talk about the investment, all the story, the positive stories that have come out, and you've you know you're now on your third coach in the last three seasons. Yes, one of those came with a championship, but to one historically bad season and another very disappointing season. 
And I think four coaches, if you count the interim coach, that's now the head coach at Bay FC. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can't really, but you kind of can. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, it's been, it's concerning, I would say that there, because that staff, you know, getting rid of that staff, you get rid of those people that are very forward facing. And if they're replaced by people who are not as good or who who don't have, or you're trying to crunch staff, uh, that's going to be noticed. And it, it was noticed at DC when those, some of those people left that suddenly the friendliness of the, of the fan base was not, uh, was not really there. And, and it really led to sort of a severing of that. And it took DC had built up a lot of that trust and a lot of that relationship over many, many years. And it took a very long time to break that down. And it finally did break down. I, my concern with the spirit would be, you've got maybe you've got a much smaller group of core people in there who who are who are dedicated who will probably stay through it for a while but you have far fewer of those and the you're going to lose a lot more people and potentially lose some ground so i don't know it's 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 something to watch it's you know the team i think has to go out and you're successful on the field no one cares so so and they yeah. and, and they were almost in the playoffs this year but didn't didn't quite make it so an uneven year for sure. Uneven year. Uh, I have some very fringe notes here. Jordan Thompson, a player that most people maybe not remember because she has not played uh, for the Spear yet. She had an ACL injury and didn't get to play. Uh, is on loan to Sydney FC and scored a nice goal. So she's a player that I, is now healthy clearly and should be in uh, in consideration in preseason. So we'll see. How for forward depth is important, and I think also, you know, fans continue and you know, you know pontificators continue to think Ashley Hatch is for the off to Utah uh, because she went to school there because she's from there. Um, I, you know, it's, it's an open question. No one's hinted either way from, from either clubs. I think if she were a part of a package in maybe like the, the expansion draft protection, like maybe you give her up for protection and a first round draft pick. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something you think about. I, she's still in. She's still in an extension. There is no player that's gonna that has her. We have no backup for her, uh, unless you think we've she's, been crystal done and, and she's a nine. She's back in the national team fold as well. She was called up uh, for this upcoming friendlies against China. Andy Sullivan and Ashley Sanchez were not called up. Uh, Kingsbury and Rodman were uh, something to follow. Mm-hmm. There is apparently uh, we're seeing we're seeing the we're seeing some options being exercised as to as to the national team pool out there. So new coach is you're going to look at new players. I think that's or like give more time and, and to evaluate new players. It's a little surprising. There's some big names that were left off on that roster. So that's something that you've never really seen from the U.S. women's team. They've never really they've always kind of ridden the same roster. You know they they've got a lot of these players under contract. A lot of big names, and I think it's led to some times where they have stagnated. They, I mean, we always talk about like this team's been dominant for for years. Uh, for a while there, they were they like would make it to the knockout stages and bow out of the World Cups. They in two thousand three and two thousand seven specifically, they did not. And two thousand three was in the United States as well, uh, due to the it was two thousand seven. No, two thousand three. Two thousand three was was in the United States as well. Um, it was going to be in China, but then there was the COVID and everything. So then they had it in the U.S. or not COVID. SARS was the was the virus at the time. Anyway, other SARS news there. First SARS, but you SARS know, one. I feel like they've always been a team that sort of held on to those players and they're going to ride them to the end. And they did that, I think, a little bit. 
you know, in uh, I thought there were players like Ashley Sanchez should have gotten some minutes and got nothing in this game. So I think we're seeing we're seeing maybe the team realize that, hey, we can't really do that right now. We got to give some looks and, and we got to maybe try to build something new. So something to watch, something to watch for the Osmonds teams. Starting left back, Gabby Carl also gets a call up for Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's good for her against Australia. That's just a friendly. And Riley Tanner the uh, gives another call up for Panama. She plays for Panama nonstop and does not play for the Spirit. I have a friend who's a huge, the biggest Riley Tanner fan that exists. Uh, she's Panamanian, so I mean that's that's <laughs> why. Uh, but good for her. That's that's another uh, the, getting those minutes is good, particularly when you're not getting them here at the club level. And I know that you covered this in the Friday show for those folks who were not uh, Patreons. <laughs> you should be patreon.com slash refugees. A uh, couple players were let go uh, and classified as free agents. So the players that have been let go, Ines Jarina, uh, back to France, most likely, Maddie Elwell and Nicole Douglas. Nicole Douglas, a recent draftee who did not uh, figure too much, but was a favorite of Mark Parsons, I believe, from prior. From prior. And Maddie Elwell... Just didn't really get the time, uh, didn't really get minutes, even in a, on a roster that was, you know, in the last two years beset by injuries, beset by call ups, having Challenge Cup, just didn't really factor. I think she played a lot more two years ago in the also horrible year of 2022. Uh, but so th- that's going on. Now there are a bunch of free agents, and the, why you need to take this with a grain of salt is because if you sign a free agent, you have to protect them. So as all these teams are waiting to get picked over, by the expansion clubs, Bay FC and Utah Royals in one's expansion draft, mid-December, December 15th. Thank you. I'm the calendar man right now. Um, so you basically, these players are not going to get signed. They're just going to be sitting here. Clubs will probably speak to them and figure out where they're going to go, but no one will get, no one's unless they think that there's a player that they will lose and they will throw a player off of their nine, uh, to keep, I don't think there's any player on the spirit that counts for that. So players that are on that list, I'm trying to remember this is from my brain. Amber Brooks, um, Cam Bogalski is a restricted free agent. Marissa Shiva is a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Nicole Barnhart's a free agent. Uh, who else? Who else? Is Tara McKeown a free agent? Or is she? No. No, I don't think so. She's on the roster. Uh, who else? Do you have the list? Are you pulling that up? I'm, I'm trying to. I can go pull it up. I know that... Um, uh, Amber Brooks, I think. Tori Houston. Tori Houston is a free agent. Unrestricted free agent. Yes. Yep. Um, here we go. Let's pull it up. And I did this all on my Friday show, so you can see. Uh, we have a Nicole Barnhart, uh, Amber Brooks, Bailey Feist, and Tori Houston are unrestricted free agents. Bailey Begals- Feist is the one I forgot. Yeah, ba- Bogalski and Shiva are restricted fee- free agents. So uh, basically, I think you're looking at that list. I don't think Barnhart will have much interest. Amber Brooks might. Um, I think and Bailey Feist, I'm sure might uh, Tori Houston as well. I think I, I would say I would talk to her. I think she would deserve a, a potential role. I, I'm not sure what her, what her status is, but she's been a long time, long, long time. Uh, Washington spirit player. I would love Longest to see her. Time. Yeah. I would love to see them work out some deal. If she still wants to play, come here. You still get to stay in DC. We'll give you a, a decent contract and we'll also pay you to be a coach as well. Yeah, and we'll help start that aspect if she wants it. I don't know if she does, but I would love Amber to see Brooks her on the is inter- staff. Amber Brooks is an interesting name uh, just from a standpoint of needing another a third center back or a fourth center back. Mm-hmm. The name that I have seen cycle around uh, for a free agent that should come to DC is Tegan McGrady, mm-hmm. who did not play much uh, in Portland this last year. Yes. I think it'd be great to bring her, bring her back, put her right back. And then and then move. Um, why can't I not remember her name? Our right back, who used to play center back, 
are used to play center defensive midfielder. <sighs> Unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate. Give me a second, folks. It's late. Uh, it's late, and, and we are off our uh, we're off our game. We haven't been uh, we haven't been here very long. Dorian Bailey, is that what you're thinking? Dorian Bailey, yes. Who uh, I, I there have been challenges providing cover or a secondary backup for Andy Sullivan for three years. Every year we've been covering this team. It was uh, players get injured, players get brought in and aren't unable to do anything. Uh, so I think that if she's able to move back to her natural position, even though she did well right back and Tegan McGrady comes back in and is fit and can play, I think that'd be great. There's a lot of folks that are big fans of hers. Uh, wow. So if you go to the, never mind. I'd say if you go to the roster page, they still have everyone uh, on the, <laughs> everyone on there. But the they have to they can only protect nine and under eighteen players are exempt and everybody else you have to pick mm-hmm. and players that are long term injury you don't have to pick so if you look at this roster uh, it is hard uh, it's hard to keep Paige Mateer if you want to keep nine mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to keep Bailey Feist well you don't uh, you know you're not going to there uh, uh, Uli Matasar is a potential hard one to keep Patel is a hard one to keep. So it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do this. Particular again, no coach, uh, mm-hmm. still still coachless. This is the uh, this is the uh, the GM show in uh, in in Washington for now. So yeah, and that's and no real news or rumors or interviews or anything going on there. I'm wondering. I think we said it. Mark Corian's going to do all of it. He's going to he's just going to add another hat. Yeah, I guess so. He he's talking about how he doesn't want to be a coach. He's like he was asked about whether he would take the coaching role. I think early when. Um, First press conference. Yeah, and he was like, nope, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm just going to be the GM. Uh, Chris Dunn, also another name I would love to see return to D.C. Sure. Uh, she's an unrestricted free agent, I believe. Can she play as a nine? Yeah, she can. Absolutely. Yeah, she was a she was a golden boot winner. She's uh, she's moved to right back, I think, out of the amount of talent that was on that U.S. team. Um, and I know she played – I know she's had a four, has forward experience. I didn't know if she was more of a winger or a part of a two two forward system. Yeah, she's definitely been an attacker. She was excellent, excellent in that – uh, sort of the before twenty before before times, uh, she made an excellent uh, where the spirit made an excellent run to the to the championship game when she was an attacker. Well, there you go. That makes Hatch more expendable. In my in my view, if you could figure, if you could convince her to come back here and and pay her what she needs to be paid and play her forward, I don't know. I think we'll see Hatch. I think we'll see Hatch stay here. I don't want Hatch gone. Yeah. To be clear, not advocating for that, but yeah. if she wants to go, there's ways you can make it worth your some, while. Some saying. excellent, excellent social media content she does with her with her yeah, husband. No it's fantastic. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it. Uh, so I think we actually held a little bit to to our briefness of our show. Uh, we actually did a good we job. Did we did a good job. We did it, folks. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks uh, to talk more. I'm sure we'll have contract deadline discussion to talk about. Maybe we'll have a coach. Maybe we'll we'll have a coach to talk about. So maybe. Thank you guys so so much for listening. We'll catch you guys uh, in a couple weeks. Vamos, vamos. Thank you for listening to RFK Refugees Podcast. Make sure you rate and review the show wherever you download podcasts. If you want to support the show, consider joining our Patreon or subscribing to our channel on Twitch. Lastly, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, YouTube, Twitch, Goals.TV, Friendster, MySpace, and Tumblr. Some of those are even real. Vamos.